There are so many religions in the world. How are they similar and how are they different? We need to know. The culturally correct view is to blend them all together as equally relevant and legitimate. But is that true? Prior to becoming a follower of Jesus, your host, Mike Shreve, was an avid seeker of truth, exploring many paths to spirituality. One of his passions now is to help bridge the gap so that others can discover the true light, which gives light to everyone entering the world. Now, here's Mike Shreve revealing the true light. Have you ever faced death and learned a valuable lesson by going through that experience? I have many times, and I'm going to share some of those incidents with you on this episode of Revealing the True Light. Now, usually, this podcast is about comparative religion issues. However, I felt that facing death is a universal concern. The thing that motivates millions upon millions of people who seek truth through Hinduism, Buddhism, Islam, various religions of the world, is this strong urge and urgency to learn how to transition from this world into the next world. And of course, all religions offer some kind of answer in that particular area. I believe the biblical answer is the correct one. But there's always a lesson to be learned when you come up to the door of death. One of my favorite psalms, in fact, it's a psalm that's known by a lot of people that do not even embrace the Bible as their worldview, is Psalm 23. And I wanted to start out with that. It's such a beautiful wording. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me, and thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Now, I'm going to stop right there. That's not the fullness of the psalm, but I want to bring out some important points. First of all, have you ever noticed how it changes person? That psalm begins in the third person in reference to God. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He leads me in paths of righteousness. He restores my soul. So all the way through the beginning of the psalm, God's over there and I'm over here and there's some kind of gap between us. But when you get to the valley of the shadow of death, it shifts, it changes. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for thou art with me. And I've often said it's in that crisis moment when it feels like your life is over and you're about to transition that the he becomes thou. The God afar off becomes a God near at hand because to God the Lord belong the issues from death, the Bible says. And I do believe when a person comes up to that point, if 
a man or a woman, boy or girl, is ready to transition, that's wonderful. But if they're not, that can be terribly horrifying because you've got to have an answer for that ultimate experience of this journey through this world. Well, there's something else I want to bring out about Psalm 23 because it says, you lead me in the paths of righteousness. Okay, so God's going to lead me to live a righteous and a moral life. And what could better serve that purpose than the next thing? Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I think part of the motivation for living a righteous and moral life is the realization of the nearness of death. And then after the valley of the shadow of death, there's two things that need to be brought out. The psalmist said, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Now the rod was a club-like object that a shepherd used to beat off predators like snakes or wolves. But the staff was the thing the shepherd used to hook around the neck of a wayward sheep and draw that sheep unto himself. So both the rod and the staff are a comfort when you go through the valley of the shadow of death. God is like a shepherd, and he wants you to be safe, and he wants you to know him as your guide and your leader through this life and into the next life. But when you face death and you come back from it, He's the one with the rod that beats off that predator because it's not your time yet. But he's also the one with the staff that will use that experience to draw you closer to himself. And as I review the times that I've faced death, maybe you could think about sometimes you've come close to that adversary of the human race and the lessons you learned. First of all, I faced death when I was six months old. And of course, I have no memory of it. My mother told me about it. I had a childhood disease, an intestinal condition that challenged my life at an early age. When I was six months old, I was dying. And strangely, my mother, who did not yet know the Lord yet, she did not have a personal relationship with God yet. She had never dedicated any of her children to the ministry because she was Catholic, Roman Catholic, and she felt that if she dedicated her four children to the ministry, that would mean they would become priests, monks, or nuns. And she didn't want that for her children. She wanted all of them to marry and to have children and to live that kind of life. But when I was so challenged physically, that it looked like she might lose me. She was driven to despair. It was a prayer of desperation. And she told me about it later on, many years later. She said she lifted me up to God. And she said, Lord, I don't even know you. I don't even know that I understand you. But my son is dying. And if you'll spare his life, I dedicate him to the ministry. The peculiar thing about it is, of my three siblings, I'm the only one who has been involved in full-time ministry. My brother's a lawyer. My older sister is 
uh, an awarded teacher, and my younger sister is a nurse. So they all have wonderful callings in life, but none of them have ever been involved in full-time ministry. So my point is, yes, I came up to the door of death, but it drove my mother to desperation to pray a prayer that normally she might not have prayed. And so one of the valuable lessons that you learn from death is what really is the highest priority in life. And death's nearness will bring that closer to home as well. And if you pray in desperation, I believe that's a prayer that ascends to God very quickly and God responds to quite often. Well, that's the first lesson that uh, I learned, but I learned it through my mother conveying to me what happened at that point in my life. The next time I faced what could have been the end of my life very easily was when I was 12 years old. I loved the beach. I loved the water. I loved surfing. I loved fishing. My goal in life was later on to become an oceanographer. I just loved the ocean. But living in Florida sometimes can be disappointing when it comes to surfing because quite often the the waves are very small. But a hurricane swept up the coast of Florida and whipped the waves up to 20 feet tall. It seemed like they, they were huge waves compared to what we were used to, maybe 15 feet, but quite often they looked bigger than that. And my mother told me in no uncertain terms, she said, do not go down to the beach and go out into the work, uh, into the surf, into the water. And I disobeyed because the lure of big waves was just overwhelming to me. And so I kind of snuck around, got my surfboard, and along with a friend, thank God I had a friend with me, we paddled out and got beyond the place where the waves were breaking. I did not take something into consideration. And this was nearly my downfall at an early age. I did not take into consideration that the incoming waves would create uh, what they call undertow, where the waters would be forced up on the shore, but would have to find a way back out into the ocean. So they all gathered together into one stream that very strongly pushes its way back into the ocean. Rip current is another word for it. Well, we were surfing for a while and really getting the thrill of our lives. But then I lost my board and got caught in the rip current. And I was an excellent swimmer. I, uh, I had uh, the ability to be a lifeguard if I wanted to. I took those kind of lessons. But when I got caught in the rip current, in the undertow, they, they teach you to swim parallel to the beach and then you can get out of it. Well, I couldn't. I tried. I couldn't. And I kept getting pulled further and further out to sea. And I was getting weaker and weaker. And I knew I'd get to the point where I couldn't swim anymore. Thankfully, my friend saw my dilemma, paddled over, got me on his surfboard, and we went into shore and went back home. What was the lesson I learned? That there's unseen 
and unexpected consequences to rebellion. My mother had wisdom that I disregarded. And many times in life, people have wisdom that we disregard because we think we may be smarter than them. Or the lure of what we want to experience overrides that wisdom. But there's always unintended and hidden consequences to rebellion, whether it's rebellion against parental authority or rebellion against God's authority, it will catch up with you. And there's an undertow that may sweep you out to sea, symbolically or metaphorically, until you're so weakened, you're a drowning victim, drowning emotionally, drowning mentally, drowning spiritually, or in my case, it was drowning literally. Well, that's the lesson I learned. I didn't carry it with me into my future like I should, because at the age of 18, I almost died again. And it was a really terrible choice that I made. I was dabbling in drugs. I was part of the hippie generation. And back then, there was a lot of talk by Aldous Huxley and different ones that LSD and other hallucinogenic drugs would give you an expansion of consciousness. And I really wasn't the kind of person that just wanted to party it up and get high on drugs, but I wanted to have a larger understanding of life. And I dared to take that risky step. And unfortunately, I took some drugs one night when I was a student at Florida State University at the age of 18 that led me right up to the door of death, or at least I had the strong impression that that happened because I lost control of my body. I went into seizures. I was on the grassy green area out in front of a dormitory building at Florida State. Couldn't get up off the ground, trembling, shaking, and my soul felt like it was gathering out of my body and speeding up and going through this dark, dark tunnel that was leading to eternity. And it frightened me terribly. Thankfully, I came down from that experience. Who knows, it may have been my mother's prayer when I was six months old that preserved me because it had not yet been answered. But I came back from that horrible experience, yet I was never the same because I learned another lesson when I faced the nearness of death. I learned the frailty of life. And I learned how important it is to understand what happens in that transition period because I had no idea and it was completely frightening to me and I had no foundation of faith to face that adversary called death. And so when I came back from that experience, I dropped out of college. Not that I advocate that, but I thought there's no greater search in life than to search for ultimate reality and ultimate truth. And so I wiped the slate clean religiously and decided to start exploring every religion I could. And I got involved in an Edgar Cayce group. I went and studied under an Indian guru. I got very deeply involved in Kundalini yoga. I got to the point where I was teaching yoga at four universities and had 300 students following my teachings. But see, it was that experience with death that showed me I have to find an answer. Up until that time, life was just a series of experiences, enjoying life. 
But life is more than just a journey to enjoy. There's got to be some understanding that comes with it. Next. Well, thankfully, uh, it wasn't too long after that, about a year and a half after that, that I found Jesus. I gave my heart to the Lord. And I've shared that on some other podcasts. Shortly after I was saved, though, I wanted to get closer to God. I just wanted to get as close to him as was possible. And so I decided, since I was raised Roman Catholic, that I would become a Catholic monk. And I'd heard that there was a monastery outside of Atlanta, Georgia, where they believed in the power of the Holy Spirit and the gifts of the Holy Spirit, which I believed in. And it was called Monastery of the Holy Spirit. So I decided, well, I'm going to quit my job. I was working at that time. I was working in an orange juice factory and also picking oranges in a grove and uh, living in a Christian commune. And I decided to quit my job and hitchhike to that monastery, not knowing I was about to face death. So anyway, this guy picked me up hitchhiking and he feigned or possibly it was a put on that he had to go in and get his check at this construction site where he worked. And he went in this trailer. It was a a trailer at a construction site and came out about 10 minutes later and said, my check will be ready in 20 minutes. Let me show you around the grounds where we're building. It was down near uh, what eventually became Disney World. And he was showing me what was going to be constructed here and constructed there. And then all of a sudden, with no warning, he took off driving at a high rate of speed into the middle of this cow pasture. And I mean, going 40, 50 miles an hour through this cow pasture. And there were bumps like uh, furrows where there used to be corn, rows of corn or something like that. And all of a sudden, he got all the way out in the middle of that field, slammed on the brake and turned around with a knife in his hand and proceeded to tell me that he was going to rob me, rape me, and then kill me. And then he told me to look over in this big, uh, this area where there were a lot of trees right in the middle of the field. And he said, there's the dead body of a man I killed three days ago laying over there and you're next. Well, I had a choice. (laughs) In my mind, I thought, run, That was my first choice, but I thought, that's crazy. He's got a car. He could run me down. And the next voice said, preach. And I'd only been saved about three months. I'd never preached a sermon. But I knew if I was going to paralyze the demonic power that had him possessed, that would drive him to that kind of evil behavior, that I would have to take firm and strong authority. Thank God my teachers in the beginning taught us how to take authority in the spirit. And so in my heart of hearts, I said, I bind every demon that's in this man right now. And I take authority over you in Jesus name. And then I started to preach to him. And I I said very strongly, I said, buddy, you're going to face God on the day of judgment for every deed you've ever done in your body. And apparently you are not ready to face God and you will be eternally cut off from him. And you need to repent of your sins. And very strongly, I preached for, I don't know, it felt like an eternity, but for about four or five minutes on repentance and getting right with God and and truly being delivered from the evil that was inhabiting his heart surprising to me was his reaction. 
because all of a sudden he broke down crying and handed me this big butcher knife. And and I didn't know what to do with it, so I rolled the window down threw it as far as I could. And then he turned around and knelt down on the floorboard and begged me to pray for him. And I prayed for him and cast the demons out of him. And he prayed through and wept and cried. And he told me, he said, you sound just like my mama. And that's when he turned around and knelt down and prayed. I learned a lesson. I learned the power of the spoken word, that when you speak the word of God in authority, it has the power to paralyze demonic spirits that have evil intentions against you. And you need to learn how to speak with authority. That was one of the most remarkable things about Jesus. Those that withstood him said that he speaks with authority and not as the scribes and the Pharisees. So that was a lesson that I never forgot. I have one more I want to share with you, and maybe I'll go into several of the other occasions in another future episode But the next time is kind of humorous, and yet it would not have been humorous if I had failed the test. This was, I suppose, about 10 years later, after I had become an evangelist and I was preaching and teaching the Word of God from church to church all around the country, and I visited a church up in West Virginia. I'd been traveling so much I was burnt out from traveling. And so I decided because this church was nestled at the base of this beautiful mountain, that the next morning, Monday morning, after our services, Sunday morning and Sunday night, that I would drive to the church and walk up in the mountain and spend the whole day with God. I thought Elijah spent days on a mountain with God. Moses spent days on a mountain with God. I'm going to spend tomorrow on the mountain with God. So I got there early and walked up to the top of the mountain. It was uh, quite a a task because I had to push my way through a lot of thorny nettles and climb over barbed wire fences, and and it was a good trek, and it took me, I guess, about an hour to get up to the top of the mountain. And I found a nice little shady area underneath a great big oak tree, and I thought, what a perfect place to pray and read the Bible. And so I picked up my Bible and started to read, and it felt like there was a barrier there. I felt very uneasy. I felt very anxious, and I could not absorb anything from the Word. And I thought, well, maybe I need to pray. And when I prayed, it felt like there was a stone wall between me and God, and I just couldn't get anywhere. And I kept feeling this crazy urgency. And then I felt the voice of the Lord speak to my heart, and he said, get out of here as quick as you can, because that's one of the values of coming into a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. He will lead you and guide you. He is the good shepherd, and he will lead you and guide you with his voice. And I heard him say, get out of here as quick as you can. Well, I felt like saying, why didn't you tell me not to come up here to start with? And I thought, that can't be God. I'm imagining that. And so I pushed it out of my mind. And then it resounded in my spirit even louder. Get out of here as quick as you can. I pushed it off again and tried to read the Bible and couldn't get into it. And finally, a third time, God said, get out of here as quick as you can. I thought, okay, whatever God wants, I'll obey. And I ran down the mountain. It wasn't hard to run down because, of course, going down is always easier than going up. And there's a lesson in that statement. 
But I got down to the bottom of the mountain, kind of frustrated because my whole morning shot now. And I looked up toward the top of the mountain and it captured my attention because it was a windless day, but there was this huge bush that was moving. The branches were moving in a very noticeable way. And I thought, that is so strange. And I kept looking at it. And then all of a sudden, out from behind that bush came the biggest, meanest looking bear I've ever seen outside of a zoo. And it went running across the mountain right to the shady area where I had been. I Well, I was sufficiently far away where I, I could do it, I started leaping and dancing and jumping and saying, praise God, thank you, Jesus. And then I started laughing because I thought, what if I had disobeyed God? Me and Jonah would have had similar problems, different sized bellies, but same basic problem. He was swallowed by a great fish or a whale. And I thought I might not have gotten out of my problem area, that belly of that bear. So um, I learned a lesson. I learned a lesson that God knows things about your future that you don't know. And if you listen to his voice, not only will he guide you into the good, he'll guide you away from the bad. And lots of times it won't make any sense to you. It won't make any logical sense. It made no sense to me that I was to leave that mountain area. My intentions were good. I just wanted to spend the day praying. But God saw the danger lurking around the other side of the mountain. And see, God sees some dangerous situations, possibly, that are lurking in your life. And if you feel the impulse, the inner compulsion, the voice of God, that inward instinctive sense, I don't need to have that job. I don't need to be in a relationship with this person. I shouldn't be going to that church or whatever the case may be. I, I'm involved in the wrong religion. If you feel that kind of insight internally and you feel like it's God wooing you the right direction, obedience is always important. And delayed obedience is disobedience. If I had delayed much longer, it would have been too late. When God said, get out of the mountain, I thought, well, maybe God knows what he's talking about. Maybe there's somebody walking around the mountain with a shotgun that doesn't want me on his property. Well, it was a lot worse than that. And see, God knows the future. So why don't you entrust your life to the one who's much more wise than any of us? He's much wiser than I could ever be, much wiser than you could ever be, and then let him be the decision maker. Let him be the one that guides you through every step you take in life. Well, those are just a few of the times I've faced death. I learned a lesson every single time. And I hope you've learned some lessons from this episode of Revealing the True Light. Thank you for joining Mike Shreve today on Revealing the True Light. And thank you for opening your mind and your heart to the truth. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes, cpnshows.com, or wherever you listen to podcasts so you don't miss new episodes. You can explore the beliefs of many world religions more deeply by ordering Mike Shree's book titled In Search of the True Light. We also invite you to visit our website, thetruelight.net, and sign up to be part of our global internet family.